for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And boy, we got a big, big thing to talk about today. Big changes are coming, but some things do stay the same. So why don't we talk about some movies we've seen? Uh oh. Um some things never change. Some things change, some things definitely never change. Uh Robert, what movies have you seen? Movies I've seen since we last spoke about the lovely Nimona. Uh I watched An American Tale. I don't know if it had previously been streaming anywhere, and I really had been wanting to watch it. Um that's the Don Bluth classic starring Fiebel. The little <laughs> Jewish mouse who lived in Russia and the Cossack cats attacked and then they get on a ship and head to America and try to make their way in New York, but not before he gets separated in the harbor from his family. Uh, I hope you both have seen it. It's a great animated flick. It's I, got some good, some really good songs. I haven't seen either since I was a kid, <laughs> uh, but I do... I do. By often, either you mean Fievel Goes West? Fievel Goes West. Yes, of course. Not as good, but still fun. Not when I was a good. kid, when I was a kid, Fievel Goes West was my favorite of the two. I don't. You know idiot. <laughs> um, but but if it makes you feel any better, every night before I go to bed, I sing somewhere out there when I'm looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some girl mouse version of you singing back. I mean, I hey, I it can be any gendered mouse it wants to be. I. Doesn't have to be. I'm not in Andrea. Andrea, somewhere in, on uh, else on the planet, is looking at that same moon. Um, yeah, American Tale. It's so good, and I've mentioned this before. I probably mentioned this whenever I talk about the movie. Is they use that sort of rotoscoping effect, uh, in particular at one part where they make the giant mouse of Minsk, which is this giant contraption that's meant to scare the cats, and it looks like they filmed and then you know used the effect on a real clambering like a uh, parade float it, it's horrifying it's shooting fireworks out it's gnashing its teeth it's really scary stuff uh and i feel like that really stuck with me as a kid um really cool though i really love all the details that it's sort of the scale is really fun seeing their little markets and how they're all tucked away um and like the humans are so weird when you do catch glimpses of them walking around and shouldn't it be called shouldn't the first one be called fievel goes west and then the second one fievel goes wester <laughs> goes are, western. He is going. Yeah, Fievel goes western. <laughs> there we go. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. It should have been Fievel goes west. But I think an American tale, T A I L, is pretty great. It's pretty like, great. That, that's good stuff. But like, you know, let's just find out what direction he's going. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I guess um, he could have gone. He could have gone all the way east. They could have taken a hey, long way. I don't know. I'll have to watch. Yeah, I'm sure that would have been, and I think would have been a really, uh, very racially sensitive movie. He went all the way east to the to the mysterious. Fievel goes all the way east, yeah, to the mysterious Orient, as they would have called it at that time. I wasn't saying anything. Look, I'm Japanese. I can say it. Yeah. Um, 
that movie is i would say despite the conversation that we're having it about it it's like surprisingly heavy for a kid's it is it's really heavy like the literally they think fible is not just gone they think he is dead yeah they think their son died right when they got to harbor so they're checking in at ellis island and they're getting their new names and he's like three he's like two children i mean just one and he's like crying they're like all right okay here's your new name get out of here and it's like holy shit like this Mm -hmm. sucks am i am i also um, they're, go ahead. Dealing, they're dealing with like immigration and a lot of that 100 i mean it literally starts their, with the, yeah. the cossacks attacking the ethnic jews in in russia so it's it's wild stuff it is it's crazy and then watching the second movie that's nothing but it, like, it doesn't do a fun it, western no know? it so doesn't stupid. and i wouldn't i don't even think it really touches on like native american relations or anything it's just like that mm-hmm. ah, no. doesn't matter i am still confused though i don't know if you guys remember the big twist i guess they reveal it mid sort of midway is there's a a rat that's helping be the mediary between the mice and the cats. He's somehow keeping them, you know, you, you pay him protection, you make sure they don't mess with you, and he turns out to be a cat himself. But he must be a really, really small cat, because in the presence of the cats, he's like kind of their size, and in the presence of the mice, they're much smaller than him. So I was like, or, or they're similar. I don't know. It's very confusing. It was a weird reveal. It's a the 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 friendly cat in it is Dom DeLuise, right? Correct. Who's just a mate? That voice is just <laughs> and he's just friendly as the cowardly lionish and rolling around. He immediately becomes friends with Fivel. It's it's so cute. What I love in the second one, I think this is why the second one is my favorite, is they do dress him up like a Native American, and mm. you know he's allowed to do whatever he wants because by that time we had not been infected by the woke mind virus. That's you know? true. So it's they true. got to. And it's like you should be happy for some representation, so right? <laughs> just deal with it. So if it's if it's a cat running around doing an offensive stereotype with a headdress on, just be happy you're in the movie. Yeah. Uh, to tie it to the theme we'll touch on later, it's also about a community, you know, banding together to fight, you know, cor- you know corporations uh, in a way. Uh, the big yeah, powers that away, be. Don't give away too much. Okay. Uh, I also watched Evil Dead rise Ooh, i do scary looking movie i do not want to watch it I that's will. okay i probably wouldn't i don't think it'll be on my list for potential you know movies in october if we're doing that it's for, uh, uh for spookies for you guys it's one of those movies i will read the entire wikipedia front to back and like maybe <sighs> watch people uh do the synopsis of the movie because i want to know sure. what happens well but I, I don't i would to... say as i am a fan of the original trilogy um, I thought the newer one in the 20, it's like 2013, it, 2015, right? 2013, yeah. 2015 or something. Uh, I liked it. Okay. It was, uh, it, it was, had no, almost no humor. It felt like it was just the gore, mm-hmm. um, which the gore was crazy and good, but it was just too nauseating. Almost people cutting their faces off and nail guns. All but sorts then of like crazy Bruce shit. Campbell does show up at the end, right? Like uh, in the, in the post credits. Oh, that's right. He does like turn and say like groovy yeah. or something. And I, I think that's, I don't even know if it's meant to be like, this is in the same universe. I think it's just like, hey, we got him for a second. <laughs> um, uh, so I will, I, what I will say about Rise is I liked it all right. Um, I, it had a change of setting, which I thought was kind of a fun way to go because mm-hmm. it's all in like this old apartment building that looks like it's in fucking, it's about, it's like dilapidated new york (laughs) tenement or something it's really wild how old it looks um but i thought that was a fun change of pace and uh they did some stuff i wasn't expecting especially since it's a movie full of kids 
they're the, you know, most of the main characters are, are children. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of wild on their part, but, um, yeah, I, I just thought it was all right. And it sort of sets itself up to be, you know, more to come basically. And, and kind of a shifting back to maybe cabin, but we'll see. And I don't know. It I mean, was kind of what they, fine. that's what they were hoping for with the 2013 one. Right. And then it, that didn't do well. And so they did, did it not uh, do well? I thought it, I thought it was pretty well received. I mean, maybe financially it didn't. I think like, yeah, um, it was supposed, they were trying to do a new franchise and that's why Ash shows up at the end. He's like, groovy and then like that was sure. supposed to be the new setup for like and i heard that like the tv show has a tie-in like in this movie not really a spoiler there's like a big earthquake at one point mm-hmm. and i was like what the hell was that about just like demons are playing drums downstairs or something but then i then i looked it up and there is a and also an earthquake at a part in ash versus the evil dead show and i was like okay so is this tying in that like this is happening at the same time and evil is Hey, rising at both times canonically. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. I just thought it was fine. Sure. So, uh, I also watched uh, Hunt for the Red October, um, the classic. Uh, I believe it's Tom Clancy, right? Uh, yeah. With uh, Sean Connery uh, defecting basically with a a new type of sub. From Russia into American waters. I think that's Alec Baldwin as uh, not Jack Reacher. Fuck. What's the name of the goddamn character? Oh, uh, Harrison Ford played him in a bunch of the movies. Ben Affleck was him in the sum of all fears. Exactly. I can't think of what it, Jack Ryan, Jack Ryan. Um, good, good though. Uh, It does a great thing. I've maybe I've mentioned before where early on in the movie, they have everyone speaking Russian on the ship. It cuts to a guy making a call, maybe just to even another part of the sub, like on a radio. And he's like, you know, speaking Russian, speaking Russian, zooming into his lips. And then he speaks a word of English and it starts zooming out and he's just speaking English. And that's like letting you know, like, hey, audience, we've just transitioned. You're now you now understand Russian. Wow. So I like that indoctrinated the entire audience. to. I like that little move. I think that's a fun editing thing and gives an excuse for Sean Connery to attempt no accent at all. He's just doing Sean Connery. And some people are doing like, um. Uh, oh fudge uh from jurassic park uh alan grant uh is in it and he's doing like a russian accent even mm-hmm. though you're he's speaking english and i'm like it's very funny to me that they weren't just like everyone just do your normal thing because you're all being you know you're we are, understand russian now and sean Connery's like good because i'm not gonna do anything <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, um, I i was noticing that in the napoleon trailer coming up that like it, it seems like france is off limits for an accent when taking place in France and everything is British instead. Sure. And I'm not too, I'm not really that concerned about it. In fact, I, my nitpick with that, that movie trailer is the, that they're, and I'm not, not that I know de-aging or aged up necessarily, but he looks to be the same age from when he was very young and started his military campaigns to when he's very old, you know, he's much older and there seems to be no difference. Maybe that's an artistic choice, but Sam, Neill, um, by the way, is who you're thinking of earlier. Oh, okay. Same deal, yes. Um, and then I watched the other all the Mission Impossible movies um after I saw the new one, Dead Reckoning, part wow. one. Wow. So you can technically you can technically put me down for hey, the whole series, but saw the new one, loved it. Um I want to go see it again. I saw it in IMAX. Uh and it was really good. I felt like it was justifiably a part one where it's wrapping up stuff within its own movie and then still appropriately setting up 
second half of it. Um, I also don't know what the plan is for the movies after this. This, it, to me, the fact that it's a part one, part two almost feels final. But yeah. I, but I have no idea. And uh, with everything going on, who knows when that will hit theaters? Because I don't think it's all completely filmed. But I thought they filmed very, it all. I thought they filmed that one. They have a few with... set pieces. They said I, I think okay. they have like one giant set piece to film, and then some other stuff that they haven't been able to hadn't been able to tackle. Um, Look, I hope at you, the I, regardless of the of the ongoing writer strike and the actor strike, I hope that at the end of Dead Reckoning Part Two, Ethan Hunt gets to just take a nap. Finally. My yeah, man's that's been, what we need a movie of is him just like relaxing. My man has been working. He needs a nap. Um, yeah, it's really good. I think not shocking that like they showed a lot of different set pieces in the trailer, and I kind of mm-hmm. wish they had kept some stuff back. It's not like it, they revealed everything, but um, but obviously I would have been even more stoked if some of that stuff popped up, and I was like, wow, I have no had no idea that was going down. So, um. That's yeah, the, very, very good. That's one of those movies. I, I know I do these. I have mostly done this on purpose with Marvel movies. Just through like not being on the internet that much, I have not watched very many of the trailers for Dead Reckoning, so I feel like it's going to be mostly new for me. Yeah, it's good. Is, is anything at bathroom level? The bathroom fight? Yeah. I mean, where uh, a man cocks his arm like guns? No, nothing is. nothing will top that. But, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, but it's still pretty exciting. Yes, one hundred percent. I would, I emphatically would say, go see it. It's not the my favorite of the series, but I also might change that might change for me when I go and see it again. I still think it's probably Ghost Protocol and and Fallout for for me before this, but yeah. Uh, and that is what I've seen. Max, what about you? Um, I watched a French movie by the same director as. Uh, donkey skin that i talked about before this movie's called the young girls of rock rock fort or rochefort i don't know french is weird um amen brother amen it has it has two of the like main actors from donkey skin carrying over into this one playing roles but basically about a town in france and people's lives kind of swirling around it's a musical Oh, I've heard of this place. Is this where the naked ladies dance? Mm. <laughs> so about halfway through this movie, maybe a little bit earlier than that, though. Uh, I just want to say if you do go, there's a hole in the wall uh, where you can uh, mostly see it all. Ah, okay. Yeah, they, they don't show that part in the movie. It's a secret. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a secret for the for the fellas. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. Keep. I've never heard. I've never heard. Uh, so, anyways, the young girls of Ro- Rochefort. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, Singing in the rain. Grant Kelly. Grace Kelly. Grace Machine, Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Machine, yeah, it's machine Gun. Kelly. It's Grace. Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Gene Kelly. <laughs> Gene Kelly. So he's in this, and he does some um, dancing and uh, singing. And uh, it's pretty good. It's interesting. There's a weird part about three quarters of the way through where they start dealing with a like a psycho killer that's on the loose. And that's gonna say, <laughs> Ba-fa-fa. a lot of songs getting wrapped into this uh, movie <laughs> review, I guess, because it's a musical. Um, but yeah, they just they're kind of like reading about it in the newspaper. That, 
they don't re really address it too much except for just to laugh it off but they're like talking about a gruesome murder where somebody is like dismembered and, <laughs> and like yeah it, so that that's weird and it probably like plays into larger overtones or whatever but um i think it intentionally doesn't fit the tone of the rest of the movie uh i also watched are you there god it's me margaret which is a coming of age story yeah i heard good things about that yeah i liked it i thought it was a good one mm, i thought it was yeah good performances in it it's got um regina from mean girls rachel mcadams <laughs> rachel mcadams uh yeah she does you picked, you picked one of her more current credits i think <laughs> i see <laughs> Yeah, she is that, really good I mean, as Regina, so that's. I mean, she is. It's yeah. it's iconic. Yeah, I I like her a lot actually, and yeah, I guess I'll, I'll also call out um, True Detective season two because I know that gets crapped on a lot, but I thought she did a fantastic job in that one. Um, Meh. <laughs> did you see it? I saw. Oh, I watched it, and you didn't like it. Nah, it's not her. Like it's her. not really you her fault. Like her I I thought, despite the material that Colin Farrell was given the best performance even though i think he also or was it him or uh, who's the one who has the line talking about some rachel mcadams is vaping and he's like looks like you're sucking a robot's dick <laughs> i think that was him yeah uh oh but maybe maybe it was kitchen uh but anyway i thought both her and um colin farrell did a great job in that season but who am i to who am i to judge hey <laughs> I am but one man. Uh, I also watched 65, uh, four movies away from a really a great one that I've that I've seen. Anyways, um, 65 is the Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah movie, it took right? me a second. I was like, you watched 65 horror movies? And I was like, what are you talking about? What the fuck? Six, 65, it's a sci-fi movie where Adam Driver. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Uh, girls <laughs> goes uh, flying through space. And uh, gets knocked off course, ends up on this wild planet known as Earth 65 million years before we exist. And uh, he fights dinosaurs that aren't really too dinosaur-y. Some, some oh, of them are, but some of them look really funky. Like, they huh. do not look like dinosaurs. And also, these are the, like, Jurassic Park dinosaurs without feathers and such, not going for accuracy in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I think the accuracy went out the window as soon as a spaceman landed 65 million years ago. But I, I, I can, I, I, I thought I listened to a thing on the Flop House about this, and I was trying to remember how early in the movie do they reveal just like, hey, you're on Earth in dinosaur times. Because it feels like a stupid thing if they put it out too early. It's when he gets off the ship and he looks and there's a sign that says, Welcome to Earth. To Earth. Yeah. And he has 650, year, year 65, 65 million, million years before BC, we'll be around. Yeah. Will Smith then punches him in the face. Um, Welcome to Earth 65 million years ago. What the? F and then he just, he's gone. He slapped uh, him. That, then that's like why he's removed. I feel like they reveal it pretty early. Like it is about when he lands on earth that they reveal it. Um, it it's kind of, yeah, it's the, it's with the, it's along with the title of the movie. When the title comes up, that's when they reveal that they're on earth. That's stupid. Does he go it's, like, it's fine. Does he, ta I don't does think... he taste like he tastes the ground. He's like, Oof, like yeah, really old her. dirt. <laughs> like 65 million years ago. 
it's not it's not 65 million i know it's not i'm being a (laughs) i know but i'm just saying it's not just for the for the listeners it's not 65 million years before his time this is saying that like other he is currently in his own time yeah but it's 65 million it 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 does mean though that there are space-faring humans somewhere else in the galaxy Long time Earth ago, is inhabited. Also, if far, you were to away and they land here. if you were to taste the dirt and it was sixty five million years prior, wouldn't the dirt taste newer? The fresh. Yeah, that dirt. was my that was like my bad joke, but yeah, you mm, fucked it I up. Like it. Yeah, that's actually so, a, that's a plot hole in the movie. One one problem that I did have with the movie is that they so made it. He, oh, <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, he's trying to protect a young girl who survives the crash the only other person who survives the crash with him but uh they don't speak the same language and so he's kind Learn of just english like, girl <laughs> come on the, and normally they would have a translator that would talk but that's not working and so but it undercuts i think a lot of what would otherwise maybe be touching moments and sure. so it's just kind of like weird that they can't communicate and that he's trying He's basically like just speaking louder in order to. Oh, that's bad. There we go. Thing. Yeah. And and doing certain things like he does he does a motion where he pushes his hand forward for like we've got to move. He's saying move, keep moving, and just like pushing his hand forward. And she does the same thing, pushes her hand forward and says move. And he's like, okay, you get it. But I'm like, does that she? Could, maybe he she's thinking he's saying shove or right. whatever. Like it doesn't really. So there were several moments like that where I was like he's really not trying to learn any of her language. She's trying to learn some of his language. Um, but also half of the stuff is not carrying over. And I, but sometimes they try and make it. It's uh, 1896 or whatever, all over again. Uh, the, the dark sequel oh. where they, they do the, the, a different languages, show. but mm. half, half the times they just want to ignore the fact yeah. that they're speaking different languages. So they have them like, Oh, I know you don't understand, but I'm just going to speak. And then they're like, well, I do understand because like your body language is telling me everything. I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of. It also just feels like a lot of movies can creatively get around like a silent protagonist and interacting with someone in creative Mm -hmm. ways. And it just sounds like they maybe didn't do so hot a job. Yeah. It doesn't really nail it, but it's. It's kind of like, I, I'm not real. It's a soft recommendation. If you just want to watch adam driver uh picking Running up from dinos guns shooting them with weird sci-fi yeah shooting mm-hmm. dinos with weird sci-fi weapons that's all right adam driver does a pretty good job with it uh and jenny says he does a really good job making you think he's hurt <laughs> he does a oh, lot of heavy good breathing. hurt at it good hurt acting <laughs> a lot of like uh getting injured and in, in slamming movies. his fist against the wall like in marriage story ah! yeah uh, I also watched We've Always Lived in the Castle with um, uh, w- Sebastian Stan. I watched this. I watched this, I think, with Jamie and, and uh, Valerie. Oh, that's weird because you didn't talk about it. Oh, I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, you, yeah, oh on another episode? I, I think on another episode I, I did, and it was underwhelming to me. Uh, at least. Oh, I thought it was pretty good. Crispin Glover is also in it, which yes. I appreciated. Um, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, and he's kind of kooky. I think you're you're right. It might be a little bit underwhelming, um, but it's I think I also, also kind little... of thought it was a different genre at first. Like it seemed, it seemed like it was going to be sort of supernatural, and it wasn't. And there's just yeah. kind of more uh, kind of gaslighting and weird shit going on. But yeah. it's not I, again not so. I didn't dislike it. It just 
wasn't my favorite. Speaking of gaslighting, Robert, when would you have seen this movie? Oh boy, it would have been in the last six months, maybe. Okay, maybe I'm, I'm looking through these movies we've seen, and I'm so far not coming across it. So, uh, oh, who who diligently writes down the notes for all the movies? That'd be me. Could, could, could be a clerical error on that part. Damn. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I, I know I maybe I mentioned it in passing, or I or I didn't even give it you know enough breath. Oh, to I remember when you talked about it, you actually called it Howl's Moving Castle. Not, oh, you know, oh, that's not the same the thing. Castle. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, there's no way I would call that movie underwhelming. It's a masterpiece. So, um. um yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. I um, maybe liked it a bit more than you, but I I understand that it's like it's weird because it builds itself as horror, but it is just kind of like a little unsettling, weird family. That might have been. I think uh, I might have maybe gone in expecting one thing and getting another, which could have added to my sort of like madness on it. Yeah, but even Man. by the end of it, it's kind of like what? Yeah, who's, it's who's like the market, how, who is the why didn't he use them? the vibranium arm to <laughs> to hurt them? <laughs> I know it didn't even reveal it at all. I guess it's like these yeah. are all supposed to be connected stories now, is what Marvel yeah. told me. And when I, I see these actors are all supposed to be from the thing. Oh well, he's White Wolf in it. He's getting it repaired right now. Yeah, this is one. Of, this is one of the chronicles of the White Wolf. Is when he was running around <laughs> doing his own thing. Uh, Bucky Bucks. Bucky Anyways, Bucks. That's, yeah, that's that's all I got, Andrew. What have you seen? Uh, I watched Galaxy Quest the other hey, night. Hey, that movie. That movie is fucking great it's so fun uh ranked i think too low but uh in, amongst star trek fans it's ranked as the seventh best star trek movie of all time i think that's too low i think it is a top tier star trek movie even though it's a technically a spoof it's it, just such yeah. an excellent sci-fi fun adventure i have a question though do you think if they had taken like um I mean, I guess they would have had to have taken technically like the first Star Trek cast, you know, with Ohura and sure. uh, and uh, Captain Kirk and all that, you know, stuff. What if they had done one of those movies, like the the actors from the actual from actual Star Trek, then getting beamed up to, you know, real Star Trek? It really exists. Would would that have worked for you with any generation? It could be next next gen. It doesn't have it, to be the original. I think it would have worked. I think what makes Galaxy Quest so good is Alan Rickman. He's interesting. Yeah, he's he's, he's very so good, in it. good in it, and he's putting in such a like fucking acting his face off performance in this movie that like it would have been. I think like you know like now that you mention it, like that role going to like Leonard Nimoy or like Michael Dorn as Worf or something, it does work in my mind. Like I think that kind of performance does work. It just to me like it's really hard for me not to imagine that as Alan Rickman. Sure, sure. Who, and I again, love how he's like a he's like a thespian, right? In that movie, yeah. So he's he's super upset that this is what he's known for, right? And when they're like, "By Grapthar's hammer, I'll avenge you," and he's like, "Give me the fucking thing, I'll give you your autograph." He's over. He's so over it. He has to do it. Which makes he, it even better when he has to deliver that line as part of like the opening of like a grant, like a grocery store or something. He's like, "By Grapthar's hammer, you'll never find what savings. a savings." This. It's just like he's <laughs> yeah. so fucking mad. You know who's also very good, but is doing such a, a bizarre performance is Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, he's great. Who Just, is unfazed. Yep, by everything. He, he, he is teleported there in goo. He's like, whoa, that was cool. He's running around trying to figure out how to make the engine work. He's just like, hey, I'm here now. Makes this it with one of the aliens on. when like their tentacles come out. And like, yeah, mm -hmm. he's he's fucking great in that too. 
Everybody's yeah. good in it. It's a really fun. Yeah. It's a really fun movie. Hey, even that fucking rat, uh, Tim Allen, he's pretty good at it. <laughs> fucking rat. Um, and then uh, we went to the theater and saw Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Well, and no I'll... spoilers, but what did you do? We want to say how you what you thought in general, or yeah, I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was fucking great. It's so fun. It's beautiful. Um, so I'm so gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I'm a little, especially with the ongoing writers and actors strike. I'm very uh, leery of them insisting that it's coming out next February. The sequel. There is no. <laughs> There's way no in chance. There's hell. no chance. There's no chance. I, I think if there hadn't been a strike, I still don't think it would have. That was the then. thing. Is like before the strike even occurred, there was like the animators are like, we cannot get this movie out by February. There's no way. So even like Lord yeah. and Miller are like, look, we're gonna work with the with the animators, and it's. It comes out when it comes out. So does work with mean have gun to the back of yes. their heads? <laughs> yeah. By work with, they uh, mean put them at at their jobs for twenty four hours in the day. If um, Sony, if Sony had their way, yeah, for sure, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. It's so fun. Um, Do you think you like it better than the first one or no? It's hard. I, I think like you feel with Dead Reckoning because it's not a complete story. I have a hard time putting it above. Into the Spider Verse because Into the Spider Verse is like it, a pretty complete story, even though it it might elevate it when I've seen the second part of right, it. But I don't right. think it's not a complete story. It's it's purposely like ending where it ends and it's taking its time in places on purpose. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like family stuff where if they tried to cram what they wanted into one movie, you would lose all that heart. So right. I'm really glad they did what they did. But I'm I'm all I'm okay with a justifiable two-part film i am too i'm not coming down on it because it's a two-parter i just think like i would have a hard time ranking it above into the spider-verse because it's not to me it's not a complete story yet sure so how would you feel about part one if part two came out and was it was just storyboards it it was (laughs) written and uh animated by ai by ai and a bunch of scab actors It would be like uh, Shoshana in uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. It would be like I'd go to like the the director screening, and then my face would appear and be like, "Burn!" <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. That's all parody, folks. I'm not. I wouldn't really do that. Um, but I do think it would be a very mm, maybe not clever is not the right word, but if they literally didn't have time to finish it, so part of the the like one of the worlds was like an unfinished world where yeah. it's all animatics and stuff. Hmm, that would be that would be maybe I shouldn't give them ideas. Yeah. I I think like they the, won't pay you. The sure. hey, I, I didn't think they would. No problem. I, I it's hard. I mean, like, part of what makes these movies work is that it has a real fucking human touch to them. And I'm, you know, it just feels like there's so much care taken into these movies. And in the way that I and I have not seen the movie. But the way that people speak of the Flash movie where it's just like fucking it's obnoxious fan service where it's just like, look at all this, like, look at all these things we're putting in here. Isn't this fun for you? To the detriment of the story versus like across the Spider-Verse where it's not it's it's it has nothing to do with the story. How many fucking Spider-Men are being introduced in it just in like backgrounds and stuff like that? Yeah, that to me is is fun fan service where it's like. If you've read an obscure Spider-Man comic with like, a, hey, there he is. with a one-off Look. Spider-Man reel, like that was yeah. fun, it probably shows up in this movie. And it's just like that to me is like that's fun because it really has nothing to do with the story itself to see 
you know, whatever one-off Spider-Man. What's the, what's the Bagman? Like, there's the Bagman Spider-Man with, like, mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four outfit right. at one point and shit, stuff like that. Also, right. we're not trying to, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm being purposely vague for that reason, too. Yeah. So, like, but it's just, like, that to me is, like, that's the sort of fun fan service that you can, that, like, people who care about the story can do and tell versus, like, fucking, up, you know, loading up a movie with just a bunch of references and you're just like, what? Like, I that we'll get into it when we talk about it because I, I i also agree that i think that the there's easter egg stuff but i don't think it's so egregious or it's not obnoxious to be to be obnoxious yeah. there's a there's a couple things i there's a couple things i take issue with including there's a morbius reference sure and and then like a venom reference but sure. other than that it's sony I, they're gonna they're sony. gonna have they're going to do that right so i did think it was kind of like a bad decision for them to put Iron Iron Giant in the background. I thought that that was a little too much. I mean, yeah, it's but you know, there if there's one thing I know about that character is that he wants to be violent. Um, <laughs> so and so in all of his appearances, I'm glad that they've stuck to that. In Ready Player One, he gets to he gets to be a gun, which I'm I don't remember in the movie if he says he does or doesn't want to be a gun. I think he does. It was I you um, know what so there's I've, that I've heard that there's Space Jam. He's stomping all over motherfuckers. I did hear that there is a there's multiple cuts of the movie. I think Max, you might have seen Into the Spielverse <laughs> instead. Yes. I think that's that was maybe your mistake. Um, but that's all I've seen for movies. Let's talk about some TV shows we see. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. Uh, Robert, talk about them TVs you've seen. I finished that Unicorn Warriors Eternal show. Cool. A little disappointed. I I thought it was more novel in the beginning than... Uh, not that it isn't. It just felt like it went on a little long and just ultimately wasn't as satisfying as I was hoping. And coming off the heels of Primal, which is his previous show with the, the his mostly silent scenes with, you know, the, the caveman and his dinosaur friend, that show rips so hard. I would, they're very, they're going for very different things, but that's, that's the one that is last he did before this. And I'm just so kind of enamored with still. So light recommendation for it. I do think it's worth checking out, but I was, I was a little let down. Uh, but I did go and also watch the another new episode of My Adventures with Superman, which I think I mentioned on mm-hmm. the last episode, possibly. And um, it's very cute. The third episode intros the has the the anime style intro, which I think is very fun. Where like Superman standing at like the buried spaceship on the 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 cornfield, and Jimmy and um, Lois are there, and it does the thing of like all the enemies like dramatically pop up. Like they're just larger than life in front of him. And it's basically like, yep, these are all the villains in this season. Mm -hmm. Like, and you see like silhouettes and eyes glowing. And you know, there's like, you can see like maybe like an Amanda Waller and some different people. And I'm like, that rules. This is exactly what they do in an anime where it's like, Hey, we're kind of, we're kind of showing you a bit of what's going to happen down the road. And I love that for it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's silly. You know, it's like, it's like a, it's definitely geared for like a little bit younger, but I think it's like a fun way to marry kind of anime and Superman. And um doing good stuff with like his cool stuff with his power set too where i think people have already been complaining but he has some weird like trigger that like goes off and he becomes like covered in lightning almost and is like super powered up like super saiyan-ish and i they haven't explained what it means yet and it's also kind of what i think it's the way he can quick change into his outfit too he doesn't hey gone are the days of running into the phone booth or through the revolving door and then coming out with the outfit on he can like 
power up and it just like mm-hmm. appears on him. Um, but I, I'm digging it and I'm going to keep watching it for the season and uh, see where they, they take it. Cool. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Max? Uh, I watched The After Party season one, which is a uh, little comedic murder mystery with Tiffany Haddish and Sam Richardson. And uh, who else is in it? Uh, we got Alana Glazer, Ben Schwartz, Dave Franco. Really good, really good cast. And uh, yeah, pretty dang funny. Uh, it was a recommendation from my sister, and um, I enjoyed it and did not guess who the murderer was before the mm. end of it. But like each episode, they kind of tell the story from another person's perspective mm. and, you know, what they how they saw the situation and each one's kind of like its own style of things. So you got like, you've got one that was animated, I think. And you got, was there a full animated? Maybe animated. You had like a musical one. You had a horror one. You had a lot of stuff, a a film, film noir. Maybe that's not it. Uh, More like a, an art film, Mm -hmm. uh, black and white, but, Everyone kind of gets their chance to retell the story. And um, it's good. It's funny. Uh, I'm looking forward to season two. Cool. Have you guys seen it or heard about it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Same. Yeah. Heard heard not seen. I recommend it. Everyone does a good job in it. Cool. How about you, Andrew? What have you seen? Uh, sort of almost repeating what you've seen, Max. I watched Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. That was so funny. I enjoyed that so much. And, uh, man, James Marsden was like the perfect celebrity to be that role because he's like famous enough that you know he's an actor, but he's not like one of these people where you're like immediately, you know, exactly everything he's done. Mm-hmm. And so like having the, the, the rube in the, in the show kind of be like, Hey, you were like Cyclops, right? Or just like, you know, he's like kind of familiar with him. And so like perfectly like fits in with the kind of like douchebaggy Hollywood guy that he's being the entire time. Yeah. He was, he, he not only like, was he the perfect choice? He played it perfect too. Like he was so funny. And I got to give him props for taking some of those, uh, like he took some hits, uh, like, like uh, yeah. When assessments he's like, for yeah. his, of like the movies and what he's done and yeah. what, the, what movie was it that he had him sign? Oh, um, uh, like sex drive or something like that Sex drive because he was like this is the best movie i've ever seen and like early like after he mentioned cyclops i think somebody else is like, is like yeah he's the guy in the notebook and he's like oh yeah wait what do you which guy was he in the notebook he yeah like, he's the other guy <laughs> i think and he even says that to his face yeah he's the other guy in the notebook <laughs> i think the, the when he's like he's like Oh yeah, well I was in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like, you were in Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like, yeah, I'm the I'm the human in Sonic the Hedgehog. And he, he like the ne- he's like, and he goes, didn't that movie kind of suck? Like he says it like right to him. And then like the next day he comes, <laughs> yes. and he's like, you know what, man, I gotta apologize. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog. It was hella funny, dude. You didn't tell me Ben Schwartz was in it. And it's just like he's just like, yeah, I'm like, he's like, I'm fucking right here. It's like, um, and then like the last episode is like so sweet. Like, I don't want to give away mm-hmm. what happens, but, like, the last episode was, like, I was, like, not prepared for that episode. I thought that was, like, just a totally, like, the whole show is fucking wild. And, like, this, I think it's, like, the second episode where they have the, the like, reenactment of the crime 
and the like defendants can't get the video to work on the iPad. Mm-hmm. I was fucking crying. That was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be sweet. I really enjoyed it a lot. I was I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Um and then Glad you watched it and liked I it. Also watched all of the bear. Oh, nice. Which wow. uh I is incre- it's incredible. Like truly I <clears throat> I don't know what I was expecting. I think it's fucking so good. Like maybe one of the best shows that's on TV right now. What did you what did you think of second season the family episode episode six the, the infamous episode that, six that even i who hasn't watched this show have heard of i so the thing about the show is i think it sets up this like thing of you like you're perpetually kind of afraid that something awful is about to happen they do a really good job of making you feel tense the entire time but like after about episode three i think you realize nobody's going to cut their fingers off which is like a thing that i was afraid of in the first couple episodes because oh, like it's just like chop, 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 chop. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like Carney is always gets... like thinking about something else while he's chopping. So you're like, fuck, he's going to cut his like whole finger off. But they, yep. it's not that kind of show. But they do kind of have this feeling of like some shit is about to happen. <clears throat> and that episode was, that's the most, like maybe the most uncomfortable I've been watching TV in such a long time because it's like just this fucking like absolutely toxic family just everything is simmering everything is about like it's just like there's explosions about to happen everywhere both like literally and metaphorically yeah it's it's good and it's like probably the longest episode they did too yeah because i was about two i think yeah because i was like the whole time like god at least it's gonna be over soon and it's just like it kept going and kept going and i was just like yeah it's it was fucking intense but it was good yeah yep Agreed. And like all the characters like in the first episode, like fucking Richie, where you're just like, this guy is like a scumbag. He's like totally shut up, Robert. (laughs) I mean, do I my my hot take is that I as I have not watched it though, but I did have someone very close to me describe the show. And um and it just sounds like a very weird plot, like yeah, it's also like it's also nominated as a comedy right now, which is interesting because it doesn't it's, seem it very is, funny. It is no, funny. funny. It is funny. I think, but like, like it's like dramedy more probably. Sure, right? it's more, yeah. There's darkness to the humor. I, it's um, it's never like laugh out loud funny. Like it, like in the sure. way that like I laughed all the way through the like jury duty. It's not that kind of comedy. It is funny. And I also get that, like, you can find humor in uh, Breaking Bad and uh, right. Barry and all these. There's a lot of shows right now which have like a dark humor to them, but like. I think I think Barry is like Barry is a comedy, lean. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know, but it's like a comedy about people people getting killed sure, and assassins sure, sure. and shit. It's so true. it's like there's obviously an, a realness to it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that one is a comedy and one isn't and stuff. I just think it's it's interesting, and I also don't think that they have to be put into one category. It's kind of yeah. like a remember years ago with The Martian that was nominated for like best comedy, and it's like the yeah, host- it's he's telling jokes but he's very was, perilously yeah. stuck on this planet and that's kind of weird and i think the bear is more of a comedy than like the martian was a comedy <laughs> okay um but and that yeah. should be the metric that we judge i yeah is it funnier than the martian um yeah. yeah all the characters that like i mean you end up liking almost every character in the show like i think like R- richie starts off as such a like i said he starts off as such a scumbag you're like god this guy who like just you know 
says like whatever's on his mind. By the end of the second season, you are so rooting for him to like get, you know, like to, to just like find some validation somewhere. And like you end up really liking him by the end of like even like halfway through the first season, it's like, God, I love Richie because Richie, his, his own worst enemy is himself because he just can't get out of his own way. And he's going to fuck something up for himself just almost instantly. But like, you just want him to do well. And that's the same with everybody. You're just like, you want them all to like succeed because they're all kind of fuck ups, but like it just, it's working somehow. So it's, yeah, I thought it was a great, uh, we binged yeah. it in like four days. Yeah. It was great. Um, uh, I'm still I, kind of tepid on it. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll change when you watch a single episode. Yeah. When you actually, I mean, yeah. Are, I mean I just, I, all I'm saying is the way it was described to me was very, is very funny where I was like, like it was being described to me like, yeah, it's like they're trying to make, you know, this this Italian beef restaurant and have like a Michelin star now. And they're sending their person off to get, you know, trained by a chef in overseas. And I was like, huh, this is they're yeah. making. What are they making? Italian beefs. So but then I heard they also gave a meal to like a person who came and it's like a better meal than what they normally serve, which is why there's all this hullabaloo. Anyway, I don't want to say hey, I don't want to spoil all the bear for yeah, everyone. I'd, it say, just, I'd say it sounded kind of funny in a sillyish sort of way, but I'm not opposed to, to seeing it. At some point. Don't watch it because of the mission of what they're trying to do. Like what they're, what they're ultimately trying to do, like should not matter to you as a viewer. Like it's just the, it's what these characters are themselves. Like that's what you're kind of watching for is the characters and their relationships and not whether or not they can get a restaurant off the ground. Like that's, that's the character's goal. But like as a viewer, you're invested in what they're wanting to do, but I think like you should not watch it because you're interested in restaurants. Does that make sense? Fuck. <laughs> All right. I'll just watch it for the characters. You should watch it if you're interested in hamburgers, I think is the Oh. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you have an yeah, do you have a do you like hamburgers, Robert? Mm, I'm more of a cheeseburger guy. Do they mm. do that? What about an no. M, what about an embargo? Do you like embargos? Yeah, I love that bit. Okay, so cool. Good. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so I forgot to mention during the movies that we've seen, I think because I assumed we would talk about it eventually, but I did watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Whoa. And, wait, yeah. so now, wait, so Drew, you've seen Spider-Verse. Yeah. And Max, yeah. you've seen Guardians, but yeah. night, both of you haven't but seen the opposite. Nowhere, nowhere in between shall the, the tween shall meet. Fuck. No you tween guys, shall meet. watch them now. Um, what did you think, generally, Max? I thought it was really good. I thought one of the better recent Marvel movies and That's, also yeah. yes <laughs> and yeah. then, well I mean also you got <laughs> Spider-Verse com coming out which I haven't seen which like well yeah uh, but we'll, well, we can consider that it's like a Sony Marvel project yeah. so it's a little but, a little different yeah it's like one of the better Marvel movies and should convince you to go watch DC movies from now on because <laughs> <laughs> James Gunn did it because <laughs> James Gunn did this one and is leaving for DC yeah. so it, James Gunn basically like did the best Marvel movies in yeah. my opinion, like it, like for me, those three are now floating in my top because and it's hard to put them all like I was like, oh, is three my favorite? I'm like, no, I guess I technically like the first one for the most because that's where they all get together. But because it's one satisfying trilogy, it's up there or actually two might be above one. I don't know. It's They're all so good. I, so I can't really figure out what exactly this is. Is this James James Gunn when he walks out, he like turns around, flips everyone off. Or does he fart in the elevator and then walk out? It just kind of feels like this. this <laughs> I mean, is it some sounded just... pretty amicable if you want the truth. In fact, I, just, I thought I, I thought the rumor mean. was that they called Kevin Feige 
and, and we're like said, will yeah. you head up dc's stuff and he was uh, like nah i'm kind of doing my marvel thing and then they got gun to do it and he called feige first and was like is it okay i'm doing this i wanted to let you know and he's like yes baby you can go do it you can go do it <laughs> so i just mean i just mean that from now on marvel does not have a james the, gun sure. and uh and they DC have a loaded does. gun and they and like it was a great movie to go out on and yes it's yeah. under the the belt of of marvel but it's also screaming you know watch dc from now sure, on sure uh, well, let's get into the main topic of the episode, which is the writers and actors strike and what we're going to be doing on the show going forward. Um, so mm-hmm. as I think most people are aware, there is a, there's been a writer strike going on for two months and the, uh, SAG-AFTRA members just went on strike about a week ago. And so basically every production is halted if it's being made in the United States, the there's still productions in like the UK that are still ongoing. So like fucking whatever the house of the dragon is still being in production. Um, the Lord of the Rings show is still in production. And there's a couple like, thank God. Oh yeah. Um, there's a couple like indie movies that are still in production, but for the most part, they just had one. They're doing more (laughs) dial of destiny was not the final indie movie. So wow. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so, yeah. Hurry, say we have more indies in production so we can just make them. <laughs> so, yeah. So what we're what's largely happening is that um, there has not been a writers and actors strike going on at the same time since the 60s, which was the first time that reruns started showing up on television and there was no revenue stream for yeah, actors to times, get um, to get residuals from uh, from no. reruns. And now, now with the invent of streaming, boy, these like the revenue ser- streams for like writers and actors has basically dried up because these fucking production yeah, companies. Something called streaming, it's dried up, and uh, and also is like a uh, piss to me, <laughs> repellent. A so lot of that streaming. What the, what the writers and actors are striking over is basically trying to get a living wage from acting and writing, mm-hmm. which is the lifeblood of these productions, which is that you have writers and you have actors, the actors perform the writing and they just want a living wage from these productions and Uh, not for all these, all these, all the fucking write-offs and shit to go to the executives and the mm -hmm. higher ups who, you know, these David Zaslov's, the Bob Iger's, these fucking people who are never going to struggle for much. You should anything. never be allowed to make X amount percentage more than your lowest level employee, in my right. opinion. It's just it's just insane mm-hmm. the the golden parachutes and the the, right. the salaries that these folks have and can fail and then move on to another company to wreak havoc right. somewhere else. It's right. just uh shitty. Yeah. So yeah, I this, this uh so like this these are actors and so like a lot of I think some people have trouble supporting them because, you know, they're they making think they're all more. rich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, also the most popular ones that you, most people know are the ones that are benefiting from they they've locked in or they, you know, right. they mm-hmm. can get those mm-hmm. kinds of contracts and they can get paid on the back end. So, but, but this is like, it deals with more than them. The writers are not in the same boat mm-hmm. as that. And any, anything where it's worker versus owner, uh, regardless of, how much that worker's getting paid. Like I it's important to 
stand up for the worker side, mm -hmm. I feel like. And um, like you, it's one of those things where the rising rising tide should raise all, all, all boats. Exactly. Right. So like um, you, we, it's important to, uh, to, to support this, mm -hmm. I think in, in any way you can. Uh, even if you think, yeah, Brad Pitt makes a lot of money. Yes, that's true. But that's not what this is about. Right. It's about the <clears throat> person who might book a TV show, like le like legitimately may book. And this, it used to be you'd book a TV show. You were good for the year. Like that was your year. You could be on a network television show. Maybe you're not even a full cast member. Maybe you're just a recurring character or something like that. Like Patton Oswalt on King of Queens was like a recurring bit. He was not a main character, but he was somebody who showed up, you know, for... And introducing Patton Oswalt. <laughs> As his friend. As little Patty. Um, and like that was the sort of thing that like you made residuals, you made, you know, per appearance fees. And so much of television now is there's less episodes made. You know, you may not even book like a movie that year. And so there's a lot, you know, when you talk about like, yeah, like when people see actors, they see Brad Pitt, they see fucking Ryan Gosling, they see Rachel McAdams. And these are people who are largely fine. Like they have the money. We're, we're, what they're striking over is the people who like book a, maybe a television show a year or like are commercial actors or people who are not in the upper echelon of actors who can't make a living wage off of acting. You know, um, yeah. a good example is Mike Mitchell on the Doughboys podcast where he he Ooh. and Nick Weiger, uh, I, you may have heard of them. I think you've uh, um, still signed my fucking paycheck. <laughs> um, Don't you take those guys down. <laughs> they they make a lot of their living off of the podcast and they're very they talk about they're very fortunate to be able to do that because both of their their day to day jobs are acting and writing. Nick Weiger mm -hmm. writing and Mike Mitchell acting. And Mike Mitchell's been very upfront about the fact that he can't make a living wage off of acting. And he was in the fucking like Tomorrow War. Like he's in, he was in Netflix's Love. Like he's booked real jobs mm -hmm. and he does not make a living wage off of acting. So like what, what we're discovering is that a lot of these people who you're probably pretty familiar with because you've seen yeah, them like, in a lot of stuff. It, just Even if you might not know this person by name, mm -hmm. you like, Go ahead and look them up. You might recognize them because right. I I feel like uh, not being a uh, like dough boy is that what they call people who watch the dough boys? No, a domey. Uh, not being a domey. Uh, uh, I, I think that I think they're uh, fucking losers. I think is what they're called. <laughs> so as a fucking loser, uh, I I didn't know the name, but definitely recognize the face. Mm. Like the, these are workers that you like. They aren't the household names, but right. you would recognize them. Right. They've been working. They have put in the work. They have been doing all of this stuff. And you'll you see And it's one of those things where them. like with right, I think it's even more so with writers where like mm -hmm. you are not normally as aware of who wrote the stuff that you have enjoyed and don't even realize it. I did want to point out um, just because it's something that we covered and is a good example of kind of how bullshit this whole thing is. Cody Ziegler, who's a great mm -hmm. uh who's a really fun uh, comedian and author or a writer. And um, he worked on, he's done some Marvel comics and stuff, but he worked on She-Hulk was a writer yeah. for She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the episode in particular where Daredevil makes his return with like the lily pad, you know, like the, yeah. the human frog mm -hmm. guy and stuff. That was like, I think the most watched episode of the series. I think it was just, it was like the one that everyone was putting out there for like 
convert like like Marvel was like, oh shit, we need to like really promote this episode because you know we got Daredevil coming back, blah blah blah. Three hundred ninety six dollars residuals for that. Ridiculous. That's how much he made for it being aired on Disney Plus, this and is... that's just like the one bit of it. I mean, in LA, with that amount of that's another thing is that people who are living in LA in New York um, are like cannot afford to live there, and people who are living out of there don't make as much as people living in LA and New York. Mm -hmm. They like they underpay people outside of LA and New York, and people who are living mm -hmm. within there even with the salary bump, aren't going to be able to live where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the, what they're, what they're striking over is basically because of streaming and these streamers. So like, for instance, Peacock loses billions of dollars every year because of, you know, either they're overpaying for rights fees on stuff because they eventually want to be one of the surviving five streamers because there's, you know, fucking 40 of them right now. And the play is at some point they're going, they're only going to be six or something and they want to be one of the six remaining. But what they're doing is of course, these CEOs and executives are not, they're not taking the pay cuts. They're trying to squeeze out the actors and the writers because, Hey, we're losing money on these streaming services. Like, what do you expect us to do? And it's, it's these executives who make these decisions. So, like, for instance, with Netflix, where they fucking order, you know, 400 shows a year, and instead of concentrating on maybe, like, 20 good ones, they, they order a bunch of ones that maybe they have no interest in them actually doing well. It's just, like, content, See content, content, content. Yeah. And so, like, rather than, like, having somebody who can have, like, a steady job... Like, you may just bounce around from, like, 16 different Netflix shows, you know, over the course of, like, three years, but there's still no living wage being paid because, one, Netflix never, like, these are the other thing about these streaming services. Most of them don't tell you how well these shows do. And if you work on the show, you also don't know how well these shows yeah. do. So They you tell you it's, like, the number one show viewed that day, but they don't give you actual numbers. There's no metrics. So, like, you can't, like, it's, it's fucked because, like, even if you were to say like like even if you worked on Wednesday, the you know like was just a big hit for Netflix. Yeah, I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> I turn all my TVs off on Wednesdays. Um, yeah, I'm like what am I? I'm recording a fucking podcast right now. What do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, even if you worked on Wednesday, you really don't know how well the show's doing. Even though Netflix says it's like a big hit for them, there's just, you just no have to go, honey. Look, there's memes. Yeah, look, honey. <laughs> and honey? so like. And the, the bedrooms, there's nothing in there anymore, and the door was left open, and you're just like, oh, fuck. So they're just She's like- gone. There's, She's there's, really gone this time. There's just no, you know, like, there's no way for you to, like, these these writers and actors and stuff, like, you just don't know. And so, like, these, these executives, they get to reap all the benefits, or, you know, and then they oftentimes, it's the actors and the writers who kind of have to bear the, like- Hey, the show didn't do that well, so fuck off. We got paid, but uh, too right. bad for you guys. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a shitty situation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's broken, and I want to say Iger said even recently, like, yeah, you know, with Disney Plus, like, I feel like Marvel kind of started stretching itself kind of thin and sort of lost the arc and stuff. It's like, what you you are part of the company that is ordering and having these things go the way they are. Yes, I know Kevin Feige is ultimately, you know, planning stuff out, but it's like, to act like the bulk of the shows on your streaming service, which is a lot of like Marvel content and stuff is, is actually bad. And it actually didn't really help out a lot. 
is so lame. And whether that's true or not and has diluted the brand is another conversation. But like throwing it all, throwing the entire like I all the IP under the bus and of the people who work on it is so insulting to me. It's very it's it's wild. It is. I mean, it's also like I, you know, fucking Bob Iger and these like there was a there was a uh, an anonymous one of the producers or heads of you know the production studio was basically basically sent it max i think you referenced it in a text that you sent where it was like uh this will end when they are like so desperate because they're being moved out of their oh robert said it um out of their apartments and homes and just like that's so fucking mm-hmm. callous like and you know i i know that like don't worry ron perlman is gonna find him i don't know if you <laughs> saw his his little message did but. he what did he say Basically was like, and he was basically like, before I get off here, let me tell you these fucking guys. He's like, he didn't say the actual name of the person. He's like making 65 fucking million dollars. And he's like, he's like, and you think you can lose a house? And he's like, well, there's a lot of ways to lose a house. There's a lot of ways <laughs> wow. to happen. It can happen in blink of, blink of an eye and you wouldn't even like, it was this barely veiled thing that sure. that ruled very hard. And then he picked up the big Hellboy gun. He's what? like, and this is real. <laughs> and he just walked out of frame. So it's just like, I, I mean, like, the thing is, and I know that like every fucking successful person thinks they're the main character of whatever story as an executive of a fucking huge corporation, you are never going to be the good guy. And like for every, every person on earth, you're never going to be the person where you're like, God, the little guy is just like fighting hard. Like nobody sees the fucking production people, like the, the executive producers and all these people as like, God, they're really fighting hard for us to keep, you know, our, our, like they want to present themselves as like, we're just trying to continue. Like, I think it was like, what was it? Bob Iger said like, oh, this is the worst time for this to be happening. Cause we're just coming out of the pandemic. It's like, fuck off. Like you could believe he was also, that was during an interview at a billionaire's retreat, right? At a billionaire's retreat. Yeah. Like David Zaslav was there. Like, it's just like, they, like you created this problem. This is a problem you could have nipped in the bud. You could have been reasonable about but instead, you're you're laying at the feet of these people who are just trying to live, make a living wage. That is that is the most important part of this to me is that um, they they really want to blame the strike on the strikers yeah. rather mm-hmm. than the people who caused such a horrible fucking shitty condition right. that people had to strike. Nobody wants to strike. Yes, they do it because it needs to be done, mm-hmm. and why it needs to be done is because these human beings are being fucking shitty yeah like horrible people and i do want to call them out specifically by company at least Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times it just gets mixed together it's just hollywood right but i want to say that this is paramount picture i think the reason it gets lumped together is because it's so many it's so many cases of people being shitty and you just kind of have to lump it together but the reason you call it out specifically is so you know that these are the companies that are willing to treat their workers like shit so this is Max, yeah, Max, uh, would you say their names and home addresses, please? <laughs> and this is not for doxing. This is yeah. For... This is like a list of like hit makers. So, I mean, you call it like you call it like a hit list, I guess. But that just like that's just like my name for it. But <laughs> so this is Paramount. This is Sony. This is Universal, uh, Walt Disney Studios, Warner Brothers, uh, all the networks: ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, Netflix, Apple TV, Amazon. And then there's uh, some cable television, so some independent films. So it's mm-hmm. not listing every single person, but it's a sure. big group. A lot of the people you understand uh, or a lot of people you know, and then additional ones. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it's important to call them out by name, knowing that the people in charge of those companies are okay with treating their employees like crap. Yeah. And so like anything that you can do to help out the people who are uh, working there and to stand up against the people who are willing to be such awful people. Yeah. So that's, I mean, largely, I mean, we could talk about this for an hour <clears throat> about like why but we can't, <laughs> uh, but we actually can't. Uh, somebody has a time crunch. Um, but you know, ultimately we're pro union. We are pro the SAG after strike. We're pro the WGA strike. And these people are just looking for a living wage. And we, so what we've come to the decision on is that it feels kind of weird to like shit on movies right now because like one we're trying, like what we're trying to do is like, you know, we have fun shitting on movies sometimes, but like, I think right now, like I, I, it sort of feels weird to like talk about a movie that failed when like, you know, and like sometimes when we talk about movies that failed, like when we talked about strange world, that was a failure uh, because of Disney and their lack of promotion of it. Yeah, And sure. so, like, but I think, like, for now, it kind of feels like a little bit of, I, I don't know, like a needless fuck you to the industry to be, like, and not not the industry, but to, like, actors and stuff to be, like, this is why this movie failed because fucking Taylor Kitsch is, sucks at acting or something like that. So, I think for now... Specific call out, Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> just because we, we had multiple of his bombs I, lately. Um, but... I think like for now and maybe going forward, who knows if we just kind of keep this going forever is I think we should just, we're going to be talking about movies that we particularly enjoy. And yeah. so, and, yeah. And I did want to call out specifically like, it does feel kind of weird talking about uh, movies and shows that are owned by these companies yeah. and such. And um, at this point, the uh, the Writers Guild, the Actors Guild have not called for a boycott yeah. or anything like that. In fact, they've specifically requested, it sounds like, uh, to continue watching things, support the movies that you love, right. show that you love them, show that the actors and the writers are important. Uh, and so that's kind of the tack that we're taking. Yeah. And if a boycott is Should called, that I think that, yeah. Uh, yeah, then, then we will change up yeah. our thing. But uh, we're just going to yeah, I got. I'll let you introduce it, Andrew. Okay. What we're what yeah. our plan is. Yeah. So we're just gonna we're gonna be talking about we're gonna switch it up every every episode. One of us is gonna pick a movie that we particularly enjoy. We're gonna watch it and talk about that. And so I think that'll be a nice change of pace. Again, who knows if, if this may we may continue doing this. We like doing this after the strike. You know, hopefully this hopefully the strike ends well for the people who are striking regardless of how long it goes on for. Um, but yeah, that's the plan for now is to talk about positively about movies that we do like, even though I think the original onset of this was to talk about bad movies. I think making the best of Hollywood's worst. Yeah. So maybe we need to tweak our tagline, making the worst of Hollywood's best, best cause we of, our, of our favorites. Cause, cause we, we suck. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, that's the plan going forward. Um, on the Patreon, we are talking about Secret Invasion. We're going to finish off talking about Secret Invasion. And then going forward from that, because we had already started it, going forward after that, we're not going to talk about anything uh, new coming out. We will still do Patreon episodes, but I think we'll stop doing like, you know, uh, project specific things that are like coming out now. Um, whether we revisit something else 
for the Patreon or something. That's a different discussion, but, um, yeah. and don't worry, I'm going to, I mean, if, if we end up covering movies, you know, if we, one of us picks a movie and we're all going to watch it sort of in solidarity, <laughs> um, I'll make sure to pick some good ones that old Robert likes, but maybe the other boys won't. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's yeah, all it's gory a... horror movies. Raven Dead Rise, oh, here we boy. come. <laughs> Dang, what did we agree to? Um, so yeah, I just think like for now, again, we're we're supporting the the writers and actor strikes. Um make this is these... a symbolic this is a gesture that I is right. I hope is, is symbolic in a small way. Right. I, you know, we have a we have a very yeah. small platform, but like regardless of that, even if it changes one person's mind or just gets the info out to a small set of people. Um, we'll also put a link in the show notes about a place that you can donate to if you feel so inclined. But uh, again, we're pro-union, pro-SAG-AFTRA, pro-WGA, and their demands, I think, are pretty reasonable. So uh, yeah, that'll be the podcast going forward. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, excited. Excited for the new the new uh, Gentleman Overlord. Yeah. Fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we should do everything. Change that. Change that musty old artwork. Agreed. Whoever the fuck made yeah. that. Somebody record a uh, new theme song, like a good one this time. God <laughs> damn it. Okay, well, that, I might have to do that too. Uh, but no, we'll see. I mean, that would be, those are actually kind of fun ideas if we're kind of changing things up, but sure. we, can, we can go to that in time. Yeah. I'm also not going to do extra work for the podcast in solidarity, so maybe I won't do that. <laughs> we're also yeah. going to change uh, change the title from Gentleman Overlords to Gentleman workers union yeah. <laughs> pro union overlords yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah thanks for listening everybody thanks for listening to us rant for a while about uh the strike and uh again check the show notes for links and uh support the people on strike and we will see you next time yeah bye bye bye